before we get going, I just want to let you know about a promotion we got going across the whole Osiris Media Network, and that is with Harry's Razors. For a limited time, listeners of Welcome to the Party Pal can get $5 off a holiday shave set by heading to harrys.com backslash party pal. Harry's is a perfect gift. They make sharp blades that last. German engineered and award winning razors backed by a 100% quality guarantee. It really is the gift that keeps giving. Harry's blade refills are as low as $2 each. And better yet, it comes ready to gift. Harry's holiday shave sets come in a prepackaged, handsome holiday themed gift box. You can even make it personal by engraving the razor handle. It's an awesome handle too. It's an awesome razor. I uh, exclusively use it and I love it. You can feel good about your gift. 1% of each sale is donated to charitable organizations. Don't give socks this year. Delight the guys in your life with Harry's. To claim your $5 off plus free shipping. Once again, go to harrys.com backslash party pal. All right, let's get this party started. you didn't know you needed. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Shields, and today we are here to talk about a film where a female television executive turns a folk-singing drifter into a powerful media star. That occurs in the 1957 drama film starring Andy Griffith in his film debut, Patricia Neal and Walter Matthau, called A Face in the Crowd, a film directed by Elia Kazan. The story centers on Larry Lonesome Rhodes, a drifter, who is discovered by a producer of a small-town radio program. Rhodes ultimately rises to great fame and influence, but at what cost? And to help me in dissecting and celebrating this uh, classic film, I'm joined by Will Nunziata, actor, comedian, director, writer, host of the soon-to-be-off hiatus, I hope, podcast that is God, we, and Evan uh, just said his name, the returning champ, Will Nunziata. (laughs) How you doing, Will? Oh, thank you. What a wonderful intro, Mikey. Uh, and I'm so glad to be talking to you again and to be talking about uh, one of my favorite films. Like, I'm not really one of those people who has, like, lists of, like, my 10 favorite movies. Mm. Like, there's just all, a lot of movies that I really like. Yeah. 
But now that, you know, I, I've spoken about this, uh, this movie before and then to talk about it again with you, I, you know, I rewatched it and like, if anyone was to ask me, like, one of your top 10 movies, it's like A Face in the Crowd is in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. And it seems, like, it's in. It, it, this is not your first podcast talking about this film, is it? No, we should we should give props Let's to Kevin it. Scott. Okay, uh, this is pod. I think it's I think it's called uh, Awesome Movie Talk, mm-hmm. uh, where it's just him and a random friend every week. A random friend picks a movie, and you talk about it. And uh, I don't know, like I don't know, I, I judge everything in COVID time. Yeah, it's like halfway through COVID, uh, <laughs> I told them that uh, I wanted to talk to him about it, facing the crowd to kind of give me a reason to like rewatch it. Yep. So like we talked about it, and then. Uh, a little birdie told me, and that little birdie is you about two minutes ago, yeah. that that's what put you onto this movie. I hadn't seen it. And you know what's really wild about this film? Because it's just, it's, I feel like, and from everything, all the research I've done on it and just thinking about it, I mean, this film keeps getting better and better just because it's more, it's becoming more important of what it was saying. I mean, it's, it was looking into a crystal ball in a way that uh, yeah. that uh, that a lot of people at the time could not understand at all. No, it's like it's. So I don't know whether the word is pronounced prescient or prescient. Yes, but it's, it's one of that, those pronunciations, yeah. and it is that. <laughs> it is absolutely that. Um, what do you love? Let's just kick it off right there. What do you love so much about the film? What what gets you? So what gets me is that I think I first saw this movie when I was like. 41 now. I don't know if in my, my mid-20s. Uh, I was obsessed with the movie Network for a long time because yeah. that movie is also very uh, prescient slash yeah. prescient. Yeah, they have a lot and, of parallels too. And I and I loved that this movie from that, that was made before I was even born somehow predicted what's happening today. Mm-hmm. Like it just it just had that future sight. And then everything I started reading about it it said, well, if you like network, you got to watch Face in the Crowd. And I'm like, I've never heard of a Face in the Crowd. So I found it and I watched it and I was fucking floored from the beginning because I went in, I mean, truthfully, I went in with low expectations because of Andy Griffith, like my, my relationship to Andy Griffith at the time yep. was, uh, you know, what was the, the TV show he did where he was like the Andy Griffith the old man? Show? No, no, no. Like, he was, he was on like in the 80s. Was it was Matlock? Oh, yes, absolutely. Right. <laughs> like, like, like that was the Andy Griffith Definitely. that I knew. Yep. And yep. I'm like, Matlock is mm-hmm. in like this great movie? I'm like, no way it's going to be good. Yep. And then like 1957, you know, to me was like, uh, you know, I'm a black and white movie. It's going to be a little stilted. And then the movie just like shook me like right away on how like, real and modern that mm-hmm. felt and as and this movie is just like a, a bullet train it just picks up speed and gets faster and faster and faster and it's just oh, like I, I loved it I, I rewatched half of it today and I'm just smiling throughout the whole time hearing all these lines uh, in the movie that I never heard he, he really and just speaking of him and, and you're right obviously you know from our age which is very similar I got a year on you we, it, you know thinking of Matlock, but like he was so intoxicating immediately. He, I mean, yeah. it's, it's his, his performance was incredible. Patricia Neal was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Walter Matthau is also in it. He's very, yeah, yeah, it's great. To see. And now my Walter Matthau at the time was grumpy, grumpy old, old men. Walter Absolutely. Matthau. It was nice. He had, a, he, <laughs> I liked to see him in this and at that age. Um, he was known as Vanderbilt, uh, 44, nice, Vanderbilt, yeah. <laughs> nice confidence and everything. <laughs> um, but I was, I was, 
literally gripped right away um, just just by the performance and also the production as things moved along it, it felt big and I'm not talking just for that time it's a big production um, in any time and it's, it's just it's just a well well made movie which is even makes it more crazy that it was a flop it was pretty much a flop when it came out and that's wild uh, it, like a huge shocker considering who the director was. The director was an award-winning director at the time, uh, Alia Kazan, I believe you say. Yeah, Alia Kazan. All right, thanks. Um, uh, But he did Gentleman's Agreement, A Streetcar Named Desire, On the Waterfront, East of Eden, um, Baby Doll. But kind of circling back, we already mentioned a little bit, but people didn't really get it at the time. They, The idea um, that that like mass media and, and television in particular could influence politics that seemed outlandish to them that's so yeah. crazy to think about now they just they, the 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 premise of it didn't make sense to them that's nuts well and you're also judging like this movie is like i mean it's still an outlier today so i can only imagine how much of an outlier it was in the 50s when you know you're dealing with a lot of westerns you're dealing with a lot of like like the end of kind of like the gangster movie yeah yeah. Where, you know, everything is really simple. Like, this is like a film film. Mm-hmm. And I hate to sound like a film, like, nerd no. or snob, but, like, it's like a film film. Yeah. It's like, it's good the same way, like, Apocalypse Now is good. Yes. Like, it's, it's, and it's, I mean, it's so incredibly well written, superbly directed, mm-hmm. finely acted, mm-hmm. and the editing on this movie is, like, top notch. Because that's the one issue that I've caught with some of these old movies yeah. is is the editing is a little slow, and this movie keeps it pumping. The dialogue is fast, mm-hmm. um, you know, the characters are fast. Yep. The editing, like, there's quick cuts. They, they they end scenes on like these jokes. It's like you can even see like the beginning of of like Kubrick, like uh, yeah. uh, like uh, with Doctor Strangelove. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's mm-hmm. there's pieces. Like as I was watching it today, it's like I'm like listening, I'm seeing scenes, and I'm like, it's just reminding me of all my favorite movies over the years. Yep. Like when when he when he gets his own when Lonesome Road gets his own uh, TV show, mm-hmm. and he's just talking to the camera. I just kind of getting these flashes of whoa, juice by Tappy, whoa, <laughs> juice by Tappy from like Requiem for a Dream, and it's and it's like it was just. It's just like pops in my head of, of like how like iconic this movie is. Mm-hmm. Like, like every filmmaker I think has seen and loved this movie. Yeah, I mean, in, in this premise um, has kind of been done time and I mean, this is a warning as old as time. I mean, this the yeah. this uh, fame, celebrity, and, and more importantly, power corrupts, and it, and mm-hmm. it, and it's been done so so many times. But when you think about cinema. I mean, you know, and I love, I saw one of the um, uh, kind of rewriting, like a poster or something, like talking about it. It's like before before Network, before uh, even Magnolia, before Bamboozled, there was a face in the yeah. crowd. Because, I mean, it really, it you know, when it came out and what they were saying, it was saying something about not just power, but this different type of power where, you know, celebrity, um even commerce, commerce comes into it. Mm-hmm. Politics and mass media are all put together in this way. That's, 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 I mean, it's so, so obvious now. And I mean, you know, we, we are seeing obviously people who are propelled to 
um, political political heights uh, just due to those other three things. You know, it's 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 just well, I mean, they were on it. There, like, there was a, I, you know, right before we got on, I was just reading an article that was in the Washington Post mm-hmm. in February 2016, where it was comparing uh, a face in the crowd to this new guy running for president, Donald Trump, mm. and it's like it's it's the same thing. Yeah. He's like a huckster, and he's just he's he's talking down to the people. He doesn't, you know, and and it's like it was all there, and it's like little did this, you know, the writer know that you know, less than a year later, that person would be president. But I, I mean, it's a good parallel for the last four years Yeah. of yeah. what, of what, like the momentum of popularity and mm. celebrity can, can do to change uh, a nation. Yeah. Cause Dan was even, um, he was, uh, he was giving an interview and it was, it's, it's a wild interview I was reading. Cause I don't know if you know this, he was, um, he was a friendly witness in the um, anti-communist uh, witch hunt in the 50s. Yeah, he, he named names. He named names. <laughs> he definitely named yeah. names. And he was kind of talking about regrets and that and dealing with the whole thing. But they were asking him um, kind of, you know, things that he was proud of um, about a face in the crowd. And he said that at that time he was like, it anticipated Ronald Reagan. And I can't say yeah. anything better than that, <laughs> which is whoa, yeah. wild. Because, I mean, how did we not yeah. pick up Trump? But at that point, that's a similar thing. Yeah, it's just the actor with you know the actor with a with a magnetic smile, personality that's that's able to kind of take over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, luckily, like like the interesting thing with like I think Reagan was kind of smart or smarter Mm. than Lonesome Rhodes or Donald Trump. Yeah, but like we've been hit, and I keep thinking about this idea, like like the blueprint's been set up now politically Mm -hmm. that. You know, if somebody like really intelligent uses Trump's like course, yeah. like we're doomed. Yeah, I like could... we're like we're lucky that Trump is an idiot. Like Definitely. we're lucky in this movie that Lonesome Rose was a bit of an idiot. Mm-hmm. But well, like you know, but the people. <laughs> I, I, like I, the I've, been, I've been saying that like time and time again the last couple of months. I'm like. I'm so happy that the people who are trying to do the fascism are like yeah. not as bright as, as, as some people that could be. Cause you know, odds are it would work if it was someone a little bit with a little bit more finesse. And how, I don't know how Andy Griffith, I mean, Andy Griffith is phenomenal in this movie, mm-hmm. like all the way through and it's very much his movie. And, and I think a lot of the critiques, I think at the time were that it's just too much about Andy Griffith and like, all the other characters get like these small supporting roles. Yeah. But that's kind of what it is, right? Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't get that critique. This is, I mean, this is a case study and, and a human being who's, you know, it, it's, I mean, well, this is, this is, that just leads me to something that I thought about a lot. There's, there's like these layers to it. I mean, it is a rags to rich story too. And then mm-hmm. it's also got that tale, you know, the tale of how power corrupts. And it's also kind of like this, um, really doomed romance that's underlying it as well. So it's got, a, it, there are a lot of pieces to it, but it's, it is his journey. And it, it's, I mean, it, it, I, do, I hope that we speak on a couple moments as we go through. And I just love, um, you know, as he's, as he's kind of coming into um, the radio show and, you know, he's kind of, he's got, you know, he, he has no cares at first. And that's what, that's what people like about him. He, he is, he just says what's on, says what's on his says yeah, what's on his mind. And he, and he talks how we all talk yeah, or how was, we all wish we could talk. Again, another Donald thing. But, I mean, that's yeah. where 
um, you know, the idea of a face in the crowd comes from every everyday guy. But, um, he, you know, he, he kind of has this uh, shock jock appeal at first and in, in mm-hmm. to the, to, you know, to that one point where um, he's getting everyone to um, is he's kind of trolling the sheriff by um, who's a mayoral candidate and gets all the dogs to go to his house. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's just it's so and, good, and then that was followed then, up by the swimming pool move. Yeah, to his own boss, like he yeah. sent it to like, to the, which is very much like a Howard Stern's like pig vomit, totally. private parts moment. Like, like this movie invented, unbeknowingly to them, the idea, very idea of a shock job. and then like, not even fifteen minutes later in the movie, Mikey, it invents reality TV and crowdsourcing. Yeah, like, yes. like he, oh, he that's gets, right. He gets his big break mm-hmm. on TV, and yep. he does something good. And he brings he brings this black woman who just lost her house, and everyone's watching. Like, wow, I can't believe you know that's pretty progressive he for now. Everyone to just pitch in a little bit. And yes, he did. Everyone like, and like he invented that. So it's like he he's doing good, and then it it takes you know you know the shyster Joey De Palma, who's like my second favorite character in the whole movie, mm-hmm. uh, the mattress yeah. the mattress worker who then becomes like his agent and then, you know, and screws him over in the end. But, uh, yeah, he just sells them, you know, he sells them on lies to New York and New York has to have him. And then he's running the biggest show in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and, he's, and, he, and, it, and it's like an Oprah, like then he becomes Oprah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, then he, he, you know, gets, and like, uh, and this movie has, it, it has, two phenomenal montages mm-hmm. that that stick with me one is the you know the Vitajek uh rise to fame mm-hmm. where yeah. all of a sudden he starts selling Vitajek like nobody's business and it's like this three minute like almost three minutes uh just this wonderful montage quick cuts it's it's both sexy and, and funny and scary all at the same time and it's just like for 1957, it's like, it's like good job. Yeah. Good yeah. fucking job. Yeah. What, was there another one? Uh, at the very end. Now, again, today, I only watched half the movie. Yep. So okay. I know the first half of this movie fresh <laughs> in my head. Absolutely. The second half, second half of the movie, I'm going to be leaning on you a little, Mike. You I think um... it was the scene, it was the scene at the end with, uh, with the elevators. Oh, and the elevator was going down all like during his demise. Absolutely, that uh, was that was. Yeah. I mean, you 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 mentioned it just briefly, but um, just how good the ending was. I um, I think that's as good as any sort of um, you know, story where someone really descends into madness. I just after watching that 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 closing scene where he's on the balcony giving a speech and. I really love he's got the guy kind of leaning over whatever the sound system they have and he keeps doing the applause yeah. and it just, yeah. but it's really it's one of the most um it I I put it up there with you know network or any like for anything where there's like a full blown breakdown meltdown descent into madness moment it's right there it's wild and like and I th- and I think if I remember correctly it just kind of like hands up into New York City and then he, his voice just gets lost in the voice of other people screaming it does, their guts um, out in New York City. And it's just like, oh, there's another one just faded in. Well, it, 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 does, it does a little bit. So it does something a little bit more poignant. That's absolutely what it does. But it also, it ends, um, one of the things that it kind of fades into is a, a blinking Coca-Cola sign. So it's kind of oh, it's kind of got a yeah. nod to some commercialism and right there, which is 
which is all I think it's really great that just within this brief time we've been talking, we compared him to Oprah and Howard Stern and he did Trump. Yeah. I mean, Reagan, all these things. And he really is. And, you know, I love that you brought up he was original crowdsourcer, but he was also like, you know, we see all these Instagram influencers right now. He was that. He was he was, he was all, these th- all these things um, along his journey that, that you know, are, could be looked at in a very nefarious way. Um, I want to uh, kind of point to that dog scene again because I read something really fun. They brought mm-hmm. in... Um, I mentioned earlier how I was impressed. It just felt like a big production, and there's just tons of extras at these fair scenes, and it was just it was just big in a, in, in a way that that I don't know. It, it seems wild. I you know when I watch old old films, I'm just blown away by how they piece that whole thing together. But they brought in 380 dogs from oh my uh, god from uh, both Arkansas and Missouri. They had to like kind of source the whole area to think that must have been a fun fun day on set um oh my god <laughs> but uh you know there's a line i really love in it um and and we do have to bring this up because uh you know he ends up marrying um a really yeah, a 17 year old um oh boy woman and uh you know patricia neal's character i can't think of her name right now but she um marcia marcia was marcia she uh yeah. she, she she says she's the logical culmination of the love affair between lonesome roads and his mass audience. And it's just like, she, mm-hmm. she's just at that point, she's just not surprised by anything that he would do and the lengths he would go and just like where he's at. He's just pleasing himself. And I mean, he's truly intoxicated by him. Oh, I mean, wh- like what a narcissist yeah. and like master manipulator. And, you know, it's like just, and like, and he's, he seems like one of like, and it feels truthful because, you know, he lived his life just probably on the on the road. He said his dad was a con man, mm-hmm. yeah. and he lived his life just on the road. You know, who knows if his name is really Lonesome Roads, like Larry Roads. Like, you don't know much about him. Uh, He's a mystery. He's bounced from jail to jail, and then all of a sudden, right time in the right place, you know, he just says yes to doing this, mm-hmm. and then he says yes to the next step, and he mm-hmm. says yes to the next step, and he gets bought and sold all the way up and like and you can see him like start to uh see the power that he has mm-hmm. and then oh, yeah. you can he, he then he starts to like use it and then he thinks he wields it yeah like and then he thinks he's like uh uh omnipotent yep and then and of course luckily it's it's marshy that brings him down mm-hmm. uh at the end in like a beautiful you know i have the quote here at the end Please. Um, so, so we're allowed to say the end of the movie on this, right? Absolutely. So the so the end of the movie is uh, or towards the end of the movie. Uh, he's in the booth and like the credits are rolling, and he's just kind of like jibber jabbering with his friends, and the audience at home doesn't hear the audio. But then Marsha, in like a, a stroke of brilliance, yep. locks herself in the control room and turns his mic on. She's just holding then, it down. It's so cool. Just holding it down, like just destroying him in that moment. So it's just a person that she loves, yep. and and he, his line is "Shucks, that's of him chicken fertilizer and caviar. <laughs> I can make him eat dog food and things at the stake. You know what? The public's like a cage full of guinea pigs. Good night, you stupid idiots. Good night, you miserable slobs. Uh, it's I can shoot a, shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and they would still it's, love it's me. The exact same thing. <laughs> it's, it's the exact, exact yeah. When he was, um, you know, kind of running his mouth, kind of near that 
period of time. I think it was Vanderbilt 44 who says he's like, he has the courage of his own ignorance just because he's out yeah. there just doing whatever he was. Um, you know, you like him at first. You, I mean, once he picks up that guitar and starts playing and telling his stories, I'm like, this guy's awesome. This is, you know, you're, you're rooting for him. It's that rags to rich thing. But, um, I truly relished in his, uh, down downfall. Oh after yeah. He was exposed. And it is, you mentioned it, the elevator down scene, the, there's all these phone calls when he's in the elevator, what's going on is just all the sponsors and everyone's making the phone calls just while he's on the way down. He has no idea what's going on. He has no idea right. what happened and his whole world is crumbling around him. And he's, you know, he, he's none the wiser to it. And it's awesome. He's just getting canceled. The it just everything's falling apart. He ends up at the dinner all by himself, which leads to yeah. like I said, that amazing, amazing breakdown. It just man, it's well, good. It's also this is a funny good that, movie. That yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like his his demise was was all happening in the elevator ride down. Mm -hmm. Yet Trump's rise was also on that escalator, escalator ride down. Is <laughs> is that is how it's like give me a fucking break. And it's like it's it's, it's too, too much. It's, it's too much. It's too similar. There's too many things uh, that like and I, like so when I first saw this movie, it was I don't know mid 2000s, and it seems mm -hmm. fantastical. Yep. Like, but it also seems possible, mm -hmm. and to see it kind of really kind of come to fruition in my lifetime uh, makes me appreciate this movie even more. Again, it's now officially in my my unlisted top 10 movies of all time <laughs> my, my unlisted i want to get you to break that down at some point i feel like, uh, I, I feel like my i've definitely done that i've wrote i've written out that list um the top 10 i don't know where it exists but um um i love the, the on the poster one one of the posters um i love looking at old, old posters when, I, when i'm re, you know looking at old movies it says power he loved it he took it raw in big gulpfuls he liked the taste the way it mixed with the bourbon and the sin in his blood. <laughs> oh like, yeah. I'm like all absolutely all in. Um something it made me think of and just like uh, in contemplation of like all these movies about, you know, the what fame can do to you, chasing celebrity, what what it can do to you, what it can do from power. It's like we've had all these warnings throughout time, you know, in books, in movies and everything. And just it's the the lure of power and the lure of fame and celebrity and money and, and women or men, whatever you're into, whatever, riches, it's it's so powerful that even we know, like, how, what it can lead to and who it can turn you into, so many of us are still drawn to it. It still can't help but um, be pulled towards it or want it. It just, it's wild. The war This is a warning. This movie really manifests yeah. itself as a warning. And there's so many warnings out there and so many great films that act as warnings and still, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't even, I, I, you know, in my life I've wielded so little power. Yeah. Like if I really think about any mm -hmm. power that I've ever had, it's, it's mostly over like my four year old's bedtime. Yes. That's about as powerful as I get. Yeah. Sometimes I can tell him sometimes that, you don't get any more. Sometimes I bet Orlando's <laughs> get, get a, get, holding the, holding the, the yeah. handle the whip on that one. <laughs> yeah. So like, and that's like the only power, yeah. but it's, you know, as somebody who like, you know, I know myself and I know that, you know, I have, I definitely have like an addictive like personality. Totally. Um, I know that if I had access to all the drugs in the world, I would, most likely do all the mm. drugs in the world. Anytime that I've ever been in a gambling situation, Mikey, 
I've like I felt the rush. Mm-hmm. Um, even so much, it was like almost embarrassing, and I had to leave. But my company that I, uh, my, that I work for, they had like a holiday party that had like a Vegas night theme, mm-hmm. and they gave everyone like twenty fake dollars to go bet. And at the end of the night, whoever had the most money back would win like an extra day off. It was something just so inane. But Mikey, when I walked to that blackjack table with my fake $20 in my hand, I felt it surging. <laughs> like I felt it. I'm like, I am glad that I don't have enough mm. money to gamble. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, it's like, I bet you power has to be just as intoxicating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and perhaps even more uh, intoxicating. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I, I personally wonder, and it, you know, this is, you kind of went the direction of my, of my thought process. I wonder, I, you know, I, I believe I can, but I wonder if I could be trusted with it. Like this sort of like mega power that, that is exhibited by what, um, Lonesome was dealing with, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta change you. I mean, it's, 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 it's got to feel so good. You got to want to hold on to it so bad that you do things. I mean, it's, it's, I think even the most good intentioned people, and I believe I am one, I believe you are like, who knows what could happen when a human is given this, these feelings or these rights or these different things that you're not supposed to have, but you have, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I hope that, uh, and believe I, I would be doing the right thing, but I don't know if I could be trusted. Yeah. And I think, I think a big part of, keeping it honest and real at the, like, you know, when, when you ascend power is to make sure you have friends, like you can't mm-hmm. do it lonesome. Yeah. Like you yeah. have to do it like with people to hold you in check. Mm-hmm. You can't have like power over your partners. You can't have mm-hmm. like power over your friends. Like you need the people to kind of keep you accountable and like, and real. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, that lonesome road definitely didn't have. No. You know, even like his best friend in the movie was, you know, the agent that, you know, that fucked him over mm-hmm. and by literally having sex with a 17 year old wife yep. and, and, you know, and, and took all the money and ran. And it's like, and even like the one woman that like loved him is the one that who had to destroy him. Yeah. Yeah. Like she was, and like she was his closest friend, you know, even if he doesn't, doesn't know, he's on top of uh, Mount Rhodes. There's literally a mountain named after him in the middle of this movie. <laughs> and and the USS, there was a USS Rhodes. Like, that's how high up he ascended. In what? In, in 90 minutes, this movie's what? Two hours long? Top? Yeah, from a jail. From from being in jail, you know? It's... From, from a jail in East Arkansas yep. to perhaps talking about taking over, like, the global, the, the presidency of the United States. Like, that's how close he was. Yeah. Yeah, his his political ambitions. That was that was a fun part of it, about it too, and just it, the the melding. Just I I can't get over it. Just just and I and and it was fun hearing you say how when you saw it in two thousand three, it's like you thought it was possible at least, but it still felt fantastical. But all these ideas, like it just I love thinking about how back in the day they, you know, they could like look at mass media so innocent like that'll you know these worlds will never collide. This is something that will never happen and, and and just looking at where we are where we are now it's just they they nailed it they absolutely nailed so it I, so i did this in 2010 uh-huh. me and my buddy jerry we wrote this um this big dystopian two-man show uh and oh. it's it's like it's like the thing in my life that i'm probably most proud of that i well, like, ever what? created 
It was called Dystopia Gardens. Nice. Uh, and we played it in like small theaters for like two years. And then we got into the New York Fringe Festival and it was a oh, big wow. deal. And like we got a lot of press. And our last show That's was awesome. completely sold out. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to film it, but then the fake hurricane happened oh. and it canceled the whole show. Anyway, I, I say all that to say this movie had influence for that show. Mm-hmm. And because it's all about like the beginning of the show is um, it's thousands of years in the future and we've done it. We've achieved the utopia. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. this leader who's charismatic and altruistic and everyone on the planet loves him. Everyone is united. The whole globe is united in celebration. And like, it's utopia. like a perfect society. Like the utopia. Like, utopia. Mm-hmm. And then the, the second in command uh, says, Hey, isn't this a great thing? You should be like, we're so honored to have you. We want to name you leader for life. And we just want you to be able to be the leader because you're great and we all love you. And, and then the show cuts at that point and it cuts to a thousand years from that moment where they realize that if to make someone leader for life, if he never dies and they just keep recloning him, uh, he'll be leader for all time. And each clone is a copy of a copy of a copy. And he ends up being this blubbering like idiot who's now in charge of everything. And the whole world is crumbling and falling to shit. But it's like, it's like, now that I think about it, it's like, it, it was based off of, I mean, definitely these ideas in this movie yep. were in that, just like this absolute power just woke corrupt. That, it, it has to happen. That's sound. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think that's a point I heard. I saw um, Kazan saying it over and over again. He's just like, it's, that's, that's like the point that, that drives it all home. Like he's just, he can't see, um, a case where absolute power would not corrupt. And I guess that's where I was talking about when I'm like, I don't know if I could be trusted or if anyone could be trusted with these, these, these type of powers, um, not to poach, but to, uh, to attempt to leave no stone unturned. Is there anything, Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, that you guys touched on or came up or, or any truths you came to in your last podcast about a face in the crowd that, um, that you think we're missing here? Uh, not that I think we're, that we're missing. I mean, we, we just went kind of scene by scene Oh, cool! in that other podcast, like, like just that. talking about the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we just got into some of the minutiae of like we little went big moments. Picture. We went big picture. We went big picture. Yeah. Like we, 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 have, we kept avoiding, we kept alluding to Trump. And now <laughs> I'm just like saying this yeah. is fucking Trump. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, but like one of the things, like, I wish I could have seen your face, Mikey. Did you watch this movie straight through? Straight through. Like Absolutely. in one sitting? It was, yes. It was Thanksgiving Eve after eating a whole thing. I just sat down and uh, that's what I did. And was you, did your mouth just like, did you just, like every time I watch it, I find myself like leaning towards the TV as I watch because I'm so like engrossed. I just, uh, I, I honestly, I expected it to be good. I didn't expect it to be so good. I mean, obviously it's a recommendation yeah. from you. It's going to be good, but like I, you, you nailed it earlier when you were talking about the editing, there's a momentum to it that I don't feel. And, and, and I'm kind of rehashing what you said, but like, I don't feel exists in a lot of, I watch a lot of older films actually. And we've talked about a lot here on the program, but like th- th- there's, there is a lack of momentum often. And this one kept going, it kept building and it, and it has to do with what, you know, he's going through and it, it, it's so edited well with the kind of the momentum of his rise and his build with the way they're cutting it. And it just, it just, yeah, it, it, you know what? It went by really fast. I was already, yeah. I, was, I was already in that like penthouse at the end before I knew it. And 
And yeah, I don't know. I was delighted. I almost it, it was it was a little late by the time I finished. I was about to blow up your phone. I was I was excited. It was really, <laughs> it was it was I was it was it was you know I was thankful to have seen it. And I was just it was so cool to see something so old. You know, we're talking in the fifties. That just like it's I love when it's 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 almost scary too though. Like when you see something so old and it's like. You know, the signs were there. The wake-up calls were there. The warnings have yeah. been there. And we're like, yeah. we're making the same mistakes as 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 a as a society just over and over again if we have to keep making these films. And, you know, it just says a lot about human nature. And just it's – it's there's there's a lot to chew on here. And there was a lot that was so timely and, and terrifying and ultimately not just scary but fun. It's a lot of fun yeah. too. So It really is. Like yeah. he is – like when Andy Griffith's final – yeah. Like it is, it is big. It is electric. Yep. Like the whole movie borders on like like a Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah. Like it's all like it. It could it it could let itself go to Looney Tunes territory, <laughs> but it just keeps staying like it rides this line the whole way. Where you're like, yeah, I believe that Vitajet could become the most popular. Can't like it would bring him billions. I believe that he'd live in a twenty five room. Mm-hmm penthouse on buying central it. park buying it. like buy like i'm like i'm in it i'm with you <laughs> he was i mean when he was introduced initially he was introduced as the drunk with the guitar which is so funny but he like right away he's like i'm gonna sing but uh you know i'm gonna um, i'm gonna sing what i'm gonna be and he was just like this free everybody sings a free man in the morning he's yeah, gonna be a I'm free, a free man, man in the morning <laughs> just like yeah. yeah i'm with this guy and you know being with him like being with uh, walter white it takes you to some pretty terrible terrible places and but yeah, yeah it's because you're drawn in right away i mean that's what you have to do you have to bring that relatability in in, in good storytelling if you ask me you know be, get attached to the character and then you know, it's 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 funny to find the places where, you know, you start like being like, oh, oh, sh- shit, you know, I'm not with them or I can't be with them anymore. You know, it's it's interesting where you have to check yourself, you know. Yeah, man. Anytime I, I ever kind of like if I ever doubt the power of art, like I mm. think about this movie, yeah. like I think about I think about network. I think about the movie being there. Have you seen being there? Uh, that's with, um, um, Peter Sellers with Peter Sellers. Yes, I have. Yep. Yep. That, that is also, that might, that, that might be in my invisible top 10 list as well. <laughs> there's, there's a real list. This is a real list coming to life. Um, and now that I realize they're all about politics and mm-hmm. culture and yeah. uh, basically idiots getting into getting power mm-hmm. and getting control and how that could destroy everything. Yeah. I also love the movie Anchorman, which is also the same thing. <laughs> Whale's vagina. I mean, so many the movies about people um, getting intoxicated by power are really, really riveting. I mean, there will be blood is in my legitimate. Oh top my time. god, yeah. And that is just something. Yeah, it me just, too. When when you uh, just see, you know, what can become of, of of people, it just it's 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 a lot, and it's also you know, it's it's. I think we'll always a lot of us will always who who don't get to that point will always kind of. It's fun to look at them suffer a little bit, you know. Oh, Mikey, not... I'm so glad you watched this movie. Yeah, I, did. I am too, man. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you very much for putting me onto it because I, 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 it was a hole in my um, cinematic, uh, you know, catalog of viewing. And um, I, I, I thought about it a lot. I learned a lot, and I enjoyed it. So thank you, Will. Mike, there's one other movie I'm going to put you on. Please, it's a little '90s film. Okay. Starring one Damon Wayans called Major Pain. Ooh, I, I think it. you should really give a watch. 
it's to been, major pain. It's been a while. Did you ever recent view in major pain? No, I watched it a lot in whatever, 1995, but I have not seen it since. Are you? And I'm kind of scared too, because I don't think it's going to hold up. I know. I was, I was saying, I was talking to Mitch on one of the most recent um, episodes that some there's some movies I stay away from because I know there's no way I'm going to be able to enjoy it. I just don't want to ruin it and the whole thing. But are you alluding to um, the next time you're going to return with with the Major Pan episode? Oh no, I don't think I don't think Major Payne's gonna be worth it. But I will tell you, I will I will end on a slightly sad Please. note. Oh, uh, shit. In, the, in in reexamining, is everything right? No, I was. You said a sad note. I got a little. Oh nervous. no! <laughs> not, don't get worried. It's, it's about movies. Thanks for uh, But I but I I uh, my wife was like, I want to watch like a comedy, mm-hmm. and I very rarely get to pick the movie. And I was like, Oh, let's watch like a classic comedy. So I put on The Jerk, Mm. and this was like month one of COVID, and we both sat there, and we didn't laugh once. There's some inappropriateness too now, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. But it's just- Was the humor not hitting? The humor wasn't hitting. I think, you know, I was 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 41 years old. Uh You know, it's like, I watched this movie a lot when I was like 17. Yeah. I'm like that movie wasn't made for me. Now no. it was made, you know, it was made for, for people that were like teenagers in the late seventies. But like, it stood the test of my dad thought when he was younger, and then like, yeah, I grew up with the inside jokes of it, but completely just lost on my wife. Now again, it was also at the start of a global pandemic yep. that is killing hundreds upon thousands. Things were hitting a little differently at that point, but that's a good, yeah, that's, so, a good that's a good warning about the journey. But, I, but I'm but I'm scared to re-examine like these movies that I used to love. No, I want to hold them in my heart in a certain certain way. And, and I think we, that's we what you have to, to do. Back. There's plenty. There's plenty. I'm gonna to hold. Explore. You're right. I'm holding major pain in my heart. I'm not. I'm not gonna go watch it. <laughs> I'm gonna hold it in my heart where it lives in in wonderful uh, uh, flesh. Just let, it, let, let it live and breathe in there. Will, thank you so much for joining the party. I really appreciate the recommendation and uh, you taking the time to talk about it. This is great. My pleasure, Mikey. Anytime I'm here for you. All right, good. We're going to bring Will back um, and uh, we'll be back soon. So thank you, everybody out there, for listening and well, joining the party. I had a gal with a big fat nagging mouth. She says, honey, let's go north. So I headed for the south. Says, don't know if I'm going. To Paducah or KC Any road that's open Makes a free man of me Gonna be a free man in the morning Free man in the morning Free man in the morning Oh, no, the reason why Oh, once I had a straw boss He was mean and tough He sweated me so long I says, Captain, that's enough. So I hit him with my shovel. Hey, he fell like a tree. Oh, feet keep on a run and make a free man of me. Gonna be a...